it like again in heaven for them for the saints? Well, one of the things that we do pick up with regards to the saints going to heaven, Genesis 25, 8 says, Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man of full years, and was gathered to his people. So one of the things we do pick up in Scripture is that when the saint does die, is that they do get taken to the people that they know in heaven. So God doesn't put us amongst a whole bunch of strangers. He puts us with people that have passed on before us, family members and friends who are also in the Lord and we're gathered to our people. Luke 15, 7, we're just describing what it's like for the saints in heaven at this current point in time. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. And then Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so here we see that in both these passages of Scripture, that the saints in heaven are aware of the saints on the earth and their spiritual progress. They are not interested in our material progress at all, because... When they get to heaven, they, you know, they have perfect knowledge. Paul talks about, now we know in part, but when the perfect has come. The perfect would have come for each one of them. They have The saints in heaven have perfect knowledge. And so they are aware of our spiritual progress, and they're interested in our spiritual progress, which is why the scripture says they, they, have, they rejoice when a sinner repents and comes into the kingdom, because they know that that sinner will now be a saint and they will be with them in heaven for all eternity. Not in heaven for all eternity, but will be with them in God the Father and the Son for all eternity. The scripture says we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. They're witnessing our spiritual progress. And so all the saints who are in heaven are aware of the progress of the, of the saints on earth and of the sinners who are a family of, or, and friends, most probably, of those saints. And they're interested, are they going to make it into heaven, yes or not? And so that's the, the awareness that they have. They have uh, all of that knowledge, um, and that's the only thing that interests them. They could care less whether we make a million dollars down here or whether we make uh, one cent. What they're interested in is what is our spiritual progress like? How is our spiritual, are we in the kingdom firstly? And there's great rejoicing once we come in. Now they want to see how how we are growing in the things of God and what eternal fruit we are gathering for eternity. That's what interests the saints in heaven. Now, I did kind of mention it about the saints under the Old Testament earlier. Let's just look at a couple of scriptures along that line. 1 Samuel 28, verse 11 to 15. Scripture says, Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. Then the woman saw Samuel, when the woman, sorry, saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid, what do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. And so he said to her, What is his form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Now Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? 
And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed for the Philistines made war against me, and God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I called you, that you may reveal to me what I should do. This isn't a case of Saul, he wanted to inquire of God. God had departed from him, so he tries uh, a prophet. Prophets can't hear from God. He tries the, the ephod, he doesn't get any answer. He tries dreams, God doesn't speak to him. God had departed from him. And so he's desperate, so what he does, he goes to a medium. And the medium raises Samuel from the dead. Not physically, but he calls him up. So he calls, she calls, it was a woman obviously, she calls Samuel up. Now, mediums could do that under the old covenant. Why? Because all the saints were still under the earth. They were in that location that Jesus called Abraham's bosom. They were not yet in heaven. So she calls Samuel up, and the scripture says that um, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. Because that's where Samuel was at that time. But it was still a place of rest because Samuel gets a bit upset with Saul. You know, why did you disturb me? I was you know, pretty much restful down there. Now you've called me up here. So again, we, we, we get to see some of the things here. Um, one of them is that mediums under the old covenant could do what she did. That happened. It's in the Bible. It's recorded for us. Why could she do that? She could do that because even though the Old Testament saints were separate from the sinners in that they were in Abraham's bosom, they weren't in Hades, nevertheless they still fell under Satan's domain because Satan had the keys of Hades and of death. Jesus took those keys off of him when Jesus was raised from the dead. And so under the Old Covenant, that was also one of the other reasons why the saints couldn't ascend into heaven because Satan held the keys of Hades and of death and he wouldn't let anyone out. And so Jesus had to go down and take those keys away from them. And so the mediums who served Satan, basically, um, had the power to call up uh, even the saints uh, out of Abraham's bosom. Things have changed since then. Jesus now has the keys of Hades and of death. He's emptied Abraham's bosom, and all the saints are in heaven. And so mediums can't do what they used to do. They cannot call saints down from heaven. Whereas before they could call, she called up Samuel, who was a, quite a strong saint of the Lord. And, and she did that um, by the power of Satan. He gave her that authority to do. But mediums today cannot call saints down from heaven. They do not have that authority. Because why? Because Jesus now holds the keys of Hades and death. Satan doesn't hold those keys anymore. So that's one of the, the truths we pick up there. One of the other truths we pick up here that's really interesting is that she describes what Samuel looks like. And she says he's an old man. And Samuel did. He died at a very old age. And so we need to understand something about heaven as well. Heaven views old age as a blessing, not a curse. And so it's a blessing for a saint to live out his full days here on the earth. It's never a curse for a saint to, to live out a longer life on the earth. And so when the saint dies at an old age, that's how they look. We, you know, the, we, you have the people go around saying, you know, we're all going to look in, like in our 30s and all that kind of stuff. There's nothing in the scripture that, that says that at all. Nothing whatsoever. This is the only account in scripture that describes anybody what they look like after they died. And it describes Samuel as being an old man. Our Lord, when he was raised from the dead, he looked like he, he looked the day before he died. Uh, I'm not going to get into any kind of depth on the issue, but our Lord was 40 years old when he died. 
And so he looked like a 40-year-old man. He didn't look like a 30-year-old man anymore. The guys didn't look at him and say, gee, Lord, you've got younger. Not at all. He looked like a 40-year-old man. And Samuel, he, his spirit, it wasn't his physical body that she was looking at. She was looking at his spirit. And his spirit showed an old man. Now, not a decrepit old man that was doddering along. Just the features of an old man, but nevertheless looking old. Something that we need to understand as well that whatever age we die at, that's what we'll look like for the rest of eternity. And it's a blessing, as I say, in the scripture, for one to reach their full, full, full days. Luke 16, 22 to 31, our Lord just described in both locations again. So it was that when the beggar died, he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So Hades is not a good place to be. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. Um, let me carry on. <coughs> Verse 26. And besides all this, between us and you, there's this great cult fix. We spoke about that. So that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses, and they have the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they repent, be persuaded though one rise from the dead. Now it's also interesting, the, the chap in Hades recognized he couldn't get out there. So he asked uh, Abraham to send Lazarus to his brothers. Because we saw Samuel was called up from the dead by the medium. And so it was possible for the saints under the old covenant from Abraham's bosom to, to be raised from the dead. But the, the sinners who went into Hades, once you're in, you can't get out. The only day they're coming out is the day of their judgment, eternal judgment. But there can no one who's go, who goes into Hades can ever come out. God has decreed that's where they stay. However, it is possible for those who have died in the Lord to come down to the earth. We have no account of that uh, scripturally, but we do have an account of uh, Samuel being raised um, when Satan still had that ability. He doesn't have that, have that ability anymore. Um, and the man in Hades recognized that it was possible. Abraham also didn't argue about the fact uh, that Lazarus could have gone back. He just said it would have been a waste of time because the guys wouldn't believe him anyway. And so when our Lord raised people from the dead, where did their spirits come from? They, their spirits came back from Abraham's bosom. When saints are raised from the dead now in the New Testament, there's uh, Peter raised uh, Dorcas from the dead. Uh, who else? Uh, Paul raised uh, that young man, uh, Eutychus, I think his name was, from the dead. Um, those are the two accounts in the book of Acts. And so when saints are raised from the dead now, their, saints, their, their spirits come back from heaven. But one who has died and gone into Hades can never come out. And so again, when uh, people see you know, spirits that uh, are departed and we know that they've gone to Hades, well, now we know that those aren't those people. In fact, those are demonic spirits who take on their form, and they can do that. Satan has that ability. And so, 
Abraham's bosom was emptied, we said, and we pick up the scripture, Ephesians 4, 8, the scripture says, therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So the captivity that our Lord led captive were those who were being held captive by Satan uh, in Abraham's bosom, uh, because he wouldn't let them out. Jesus now had the keys of Hades and of death, and so he could let them out, and he took them up into heaven with him. Um, 1 Peter 4, 6 says, For this reason the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. And so that's just Peter telling us about when our Lord was raised from the dead. He went into that location. He preached the gospel. They were born again. Jesus took them up into heaven with him. And so that location is currently empty. There's no one there anymore. Uh, all of the saints are currently in heaven. But God does have some exceptions. Um, we pick it up in Genesis 5:24. Then, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not for why, for God took him. So Enoch has never died physically. He, God took him straight up into heaven. We have another person that happened to his 2 Kings 2.11 says, Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind way into heaven. And so we have two people in heaven currently who are there and have never died. Enoch and Elijah, they went up body and all. God took them up in their physical bodies into heaven. Now, God didn't take them up to where God is. God took them to paradise where the saints all are today. But those are two saints who are currently walking around up there in physical bodies, where the rest are in just in their spirit. But there's some more saints who are there in physical bodies as well. Matthew 27, 52, 53. Scripture says, And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, our Lord, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. And so there's a, a grouping of saints, we don't know how many, Scripture doesn't tell us, but they appeared to the people in Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. When our Lord was raised from the dead, after that time, the Scripture doesn't tell us when, it just says after he was raised from the dead, they too were raised from the dead. And so there's a grouping of saints in heaven who currently have their resurrected bodies. Why God did that, we don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us, but God's God, He can do whatever He likes. And so that's what He's done. With regards to death of unbelievers, well, this story is a little bit different. In fact, it's a whole lot different. Mark 9, verse 43 to 44 says, If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that ne shall never be quenched, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Our Lord speaking and talking about hell. He says, the place where they go, it's the, the fire is just never quenched. So think about a fire being in a flame, it just never stops. Put your hand over a, a candle for a while and just see what it feels like. And now that, feel that for all eternity over all of your body. Not a happy place to be. Worm doesn't die. Well, they also feel those worms <laughs> going in and out of them all the time. I don't know what it feels like. I don't want to. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a good place to be. Luke 13, 2-3 says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered like such things? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. It's one of the things that we need to understand. People look at people and they say, Oh, he died in his sleep. What a blessing. But if he died without Christ, he went down to that place of torment. It doesn't matter how he died. 
And so people look at the way people die, and they think, well, that, that person was a good person, they died in a good way. That person was a bad person, they died in a bad way. No, no, no matter which way we leave the earth, it depends what we believe before we die as to where we're going to go. And so we mustn't get caught up in the way we leave the earth. We need to be caught up in where we go after we leave the earth. Luke 13, 27 and 28, Scripture says, uh, our Lord speaking, he says, but he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where you are from, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. And so it's a, kind of a description of what hell is like for the saints, uh, for the unbelievers. Uh, it's a place of torment. The fire is not quenched. The worm never dies. Uh, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth taking place there. Matthew talks about outer darkness. And so it's just not a good place to be. And they're held there. Now, they've just been kept there for their day of judgment. It's not their eternal destination. Hell's not their eternal destination. The lake of fire and brimstone is. That's the second death that will incur. We'll get to that uh, if we get into the series. But we just wanted to describe what the death of an unbeliever is like. Not a pleasant experience. And they're condemned to that for all eternity. But the saints, different, and they're... Not condemned to that, but they are blessed with that. And we're going to end the teaching on that.